0: week's our conversation podcast we speak to Dalton Doherty founder of Dalton Doherty and Partners some of the highlights to come out of this episode are the challenges of setting up your own recruitment agency uh, Delta's experience of running a podcast with over 120,000 downloads the difference between saleable businesses and lifestyle businesses and what to focus on in the business and where to put attention we hope you enjoy <laughs> so yeah let's start with start with the background how did you how have you arrived where you are today Uh, you know kind of the businesses that you're running and and what's got you there I feel like I've not arrived
1: just yet Um, I feel like I'm in a constant state of flux this weather Uh, I feel like I'm in three startups at the moment which is uh which you shouldn't be after being out on your own for five years but I think a lot of founders can resonate with that I think uh a lot of people can look at somebody on LinkedIn and go, wow, they're really successful, but it's uh the last six months, it's been bloody hard. Um, and there's been, there's been a lot of difficult moments, but I'm in a real positive place with it all at the moment. But to take you back, um, I did the usual uni stuff and then I had a, a few fun years. Um, and then, um, I managed to move to Australia when I was uh, 26, 27. And I got into recruitment there. I did all right with Robert Walters in Perth. Met my wife, who's an internal recruiter. And then we, uh, I think after like three, four years in Australia, after doing all this stuff that you do, um, having, like earning good money in a boom and for the first time and experiencing what that's like with expat life. Because I was in bars and stuff before that for, for a few years. So, kind of a bit more hand to mouth. And all of a sudden I discovered this world of recruitment. It was like, wow, okay, I'll probably do this actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, uh, so we, we, we enjoyed all that stuff that Australia had to offer, uh, you know, like getting to Bali and doing all that great stuff. And uh, we even picked beans on a farm for three months before we arrived in, uh, in Perth with cheap knitted suits from Asia. And like, it, it was like down, getting Wi-Fi outside of McDonald's trying to get my dad to wire me money for a rent deposit. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was just great, great times, you know? And, uh, so that all worked out. And then we, uh, we, we, we decided we'd, uh, we do a bit of traveling. My, my wife Charlotte wanted to be closer to home, unfortunately, because Australia is a wonderful place. Um, but I was behind, I was behind the eight ball on that, I'm afraid. So we, uh, we set up a little resume writing business and we traveled Asia. We made a bit of money, not big money, but enough to pay for our travels. And I read the four hour work week during this time. And I started getting into like automation and marketing and, and this, this type of stuff. And it constantly got my, my head thinking about like all the time wasting activities that I was asked to do in Robert Walters. And that's nothing, they're a great business and I had great training and all the rest. But like this is 10 years ago when I started And seven years ago when I left so um the the amount of administration that they do and then paying the money that they do to somebody like to do that I I just couldn't understand like how all that knitted together so we uh, we started like learning a a little bit more about that and you know the four hour work week and all that good stuff and we we implemented some of that in our business and then we we went and moved to uh Central America for a little bit after that and then Charlotte obviously quite practical and um, wanted all the normal things wouldn't let me be a beach bum um, <laughs> uh, decided that uh, we were going to move to Canada and we both got jobs and I had kind of lit this <laughs> entrepreneurial fire shall we say in, in in her and she just couldn't do what she was told anymore so she she just burned through six jobs in six months. And, and, and I, the market had turned, it was 2015, the oil crisis hit. And I had just bad time and went from having a really good time, easy time in Oz to like a tough time in, uh, in a, in a unstructured business, shall we say? That would be a good business if you were a local with a local book of business and all the rest. And I, I didn't know what I know now then. So, uh, we had a tough conversation with each other. We moved, uh, we said, when were, you, when were you last really happy, she asked me. And I said, well, probably when we were in Central America doing our own thing. So we started, uh, we, we decided we'd set up our own recruitment agency. I, I wanted to set up a tech recruitment agency, but I was a bit like my confidence was hit from that experience in Canada. And I wanted a bit of a break from it. And all my connections were in Australia. And I couldn't really figure out where the strategic plan would sit on that. Um, and then Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, kind of fell into doing rec to rec and um, probably a funny story on on that i uh I got offered a job by a big uh, oil and gas recruitment firm and went uh, went out for the night with the guy and i turned down the job but we went out drinking for the night and he uh he said he said like i really need to find these hires and i and i i said to him oh charlotte wasn't working at the time she would left one of her six jobs and uh i said oh my my wife could find it she was she was real senior person at Chevron. She could she's a good recruiter, she knows all the stuff. And 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 anyway I, I came home, but worse for wear after the casino and I said, Oh you tomorrow you're a rector act. And she, <laughs> she woke me up the next day and uh, she's like, What are you on about? And I said, Here you've got a meeting at two th- at twelve thirty. I'll not mention the guy's name. Um, so she uh, she did that, filled the job, it paid for our wedding.
0: And, Amazing.
1: and that got us started on it. And then so we moved out to Guatemala, sold all our furniture this is pre-kids, dog, responsibilities. Yeah. Still had a bit of that savings from uh, Australia, but only enough to kind of cover me for six months in a third world country. And we managed to, we asked to get some deals in. And then like, a few things happened and we moved back to Europe. So we traveled around Europe for a year um, and did did some house sitting, did uh, like just, Trying like trying to figure out what we wanted to do. I I'd spent a lot of my twenties in Brussels, and we spent a bit of time there. And we uh, eventually, Charlotte had enough of me going down the, the nomadic, living my my childhood fantasy dream. And <laughs> we moved back to the UK. Uh, got a bit more serious about the business, um, did the kids thing, all of that. And then uh, a couple of years ago. I was kind of a bit of a. I was kind of getting a bit bored of the business. I was trying to figure out what I would do, and I set up the Recruiter Startup Podcast, and then that kind of gave me a whole new angle on what we would do, and that led to um, our international act moving people around the world, and we'd taken all those lessons that we learned from, like hiring freelancers and automating our business and doing that, and we were able to expand out certain things on that, and. Uh, and, yeah, that probably leads us into last year or
0: two. Yeah. I mean, the passion that comes through when you talk about it, it's, it's really amazing. Like you've you clearly enjoyed it. I'm sure there's been peaks and troughs, but you, you've enjoyed what you've been doing the last 10 years. That's what it feels like to me. Like You, you wouldn't yeah. change a thing.
1: Um, Would I change a thing? I... Because I didn't know what I know then now, so it's harder for me to to yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have got into something else quicker, um, like from a from a technology recruitment perspective. Right. Um, but we're there now, and that's yeah. okay. So, and yeah. um, and and then the other bit, I'm like, if we had have got in earlier and we had have expanded, out, maybe we would have lost everything in in the shutdown. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It,
0: yeah, it's yeah. yeah it's it's a, easy in hindsight, isn't it? Everyone gets it right in hindsight as well. It's, it's, you know, and
1: like we uh, we, we we like this, so the the podcast stuff like took off really well, and we started flying around the world, and uh, like we we did a lot. Like we went to to our clients and showed what UK recruiters can do around the world, and like I get a real kick out of that. Right, I'm I'm probably not that money motivated, Um Charlotte does all that and she cares about <laughs> that and yeah, I kind of do this. Um, and we, so we, we, like, we did that and then we get to see, like, somebody, who, they might be living in a outside of Birmingham and then I moved them to San Diego and I know I've changed their life. Yeah, uh,
0: there you go. That,
1: that's, there a cool, that's a cool thing. Look, would I have made way more money if I had to set up a London-based rector and got an office and put in grant? Yeah, of course. I would have been miserable, though, so... I suppose that comes down to crafting your own mm. job and your own
0: business the way that you yeah. want to
1: live your life. Um, yeah.
0: And I, I guess that's good advice for everybody, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or you're an employee. Happiness is probably the greatest currency. Yeah. Can't put a price on a smile.
1: Yeah. But I, I also think the other problem, like I, I, I probably got to a point where I was like, Oh, this is a lifestyle business and I'm bored and I'm not getting challenged. And it, it i wasn't i'm doing okay financially but not what my clients were doing and when you're when you're seeing all your peers outgrow you then you you kind of go oh what yeah. i'm gonna have to get going on this so i uh i i, I, I like through the podcast of access to lots of like thought leaders and uh advisors and all of that um and i I stumbled upon a guy called Andy Hallett and he became our advisor um, probably around December. And, and that's really worked. Um, and we've since gone into business together and he, um, I suppose we bounce off each other a lot and he challenges me and I wasn't getting that enough before. And so pre COVID we were in Santa Barbara, for a month holiday, renting an expensive house, dreaming about the possibility of moving and setting up an office there. Um, And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And my ambitions to set up Scale, the the business we launched in in COVID, um, that was all of a sudden gone, oh no, I don't know, to, where's all my revenue gone? Nobody's gonna be moving country. So we, we had to flip it on our on its head, like my, my wife's in the background, she said, she she comes in and out of the business every every while. She's like a Ferrari coming in to a dirt track. And she just drives it and she fixes everything and she makes it happen. And then she automates it and then she gets like the team in. Yeah. And we're, we're still in crisis point. Like we're we're back up to the interview levels of before in, in the Rector X site, but um, only because Charlotte's in there like a, a steam train and and it's been a wild like six months trying to trying to like build out a london-based business from scratch signed up like a couple hundred clients straight away um just had a different approach to everybody else so they've all come to us and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's all right but it's yeah, kind of yeah but you know you've, you've got to do these things haven't you it's, If you, if you, you I, I think there's a few people and again well i don't name names on these podcasts, brand names, people names, whatever, but I, I've seen a lot of people throw in the towel and use it as an excuse to uh, m- make decisions that they were scared to make in ordinary ways, um, if that makes sense. And, you know, I, I think you see people like yourself, entrepreneurs who, you said something really interesting that you're not financially motivated. Um, it's this, you know, you, to see someone change their life is, is the motivator for you. Um, yeah, well, I enjoy the
1: game of it as well. Like, if I move this little piece here,
0: what'll happen here yeah
1: the the recruitment side of it they, to be honest like that like when I was younger and I was into it, like I would have got obsessed on on every little detail of it, but at this now, like I would prefer the people who work for me to be obsessed with that, and then like let me figure out how I can win a major account for you, and I could create your brand for you, and I could do, yeah. do these things that I'm interested in um. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I suppose that's just what happens when you're doing something for a while, and yeah. you're on the wrong
0: side of thirty-five. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm assuming that people will look up to you within your organisation, without outside of your organisation. So there's a guy, what a background, who's now out there being that entrepreneur, but grounded himself in working really hard in that space, and, and is if you if you had to and wanted to, you could go back to being a really really world class recruiter.
1: Ooh, ooh, I don't know if we could, hey? I, I, the fear of that is what drives me. Yeah, like, yeah. The, 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 when I think, because that's a really interesting point, right? I, I, I'm not sure recruiters get better with age. No. Uh, and, like, I was in my second year. I'm 10 years in. So now, like, from a systems perspective, from... um just that hunger to like call through like so many people and to, to do that and to be constantly doing that every day. Um, that takes a, it takes a toll. Um, if you, if you do it at like full steam, like, like a big biller does, and I, I, I like I could do it, but Oh man, that's, that's tough. And that's why I think like anybody who like a lifestyle business to me is the biggest, uh, <laughs> they don't exist they're like you, you end up working all the time like yeah, yeah, yeah. at least in a scalable business and and this is the trap i didn't want to fall down because i was going down this lifestyle element at least in a scalable business you're you're building your business with systems and processes and people so you're essentially moving a little further away from the the coal field uh, the coalface and i think that that's what's interesting um but there's People who make way more money than I will or I'll ever do. And I had a guy on my podcast called Rich Rosen. He makes like two million a year, right? And right. it's just him. He's just he's in his home office and he's just on the phone, he's smashing it. i fair play to him. He's brilliant. I I don't have that. Like yeah. I don't I don't think so.
0: Different motivations. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that is pretty like I I'm pretty intense in my own way, but nah. Not in, a, not,
0: not in the million dollar biller way. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, and, I, and I always confess it's something I've i've never been able to to do i, I it's a mindset thing it's like the ability to sit there and just go for it all day every day yeah. I just I, my hat my hat goes off to people who can do it and do it very well um, and i and I think especially since being at cloud call, and obviously we were very closely with, with people in the industry how um underrated, I don't know what the right word is, but the value of recruiters and good recruiters as part of your ecosystem and the way your business is growing, Mm -hmm. I think people really undervalue good recruiters. Um, And I bet you felt that many times in the past and still do when, when, you know, we can just put a job ad on LinkedIn and we'll get loads of applicants. You know that? that Um, Yeah. uh,
1: Do you know what? I try not to concern myself with what other people like, thank or feel on that. I mean, it, I get up and I think, "Where's the money today? What do we have to do? How can we go about it?" Uh, if somebody undervalues undervalues us, um, then they're not a client anymore, and then we just move on to the next. And then, yeah. like, like, one of the one of the things I've really learned is just not to get emotional about any of it. Like, like, like don't celebrate the wins too high. Definitely don't like wallow on that on the stuff that's going wrong that's why I don't check bank accounts I don't do it like I just go in right what positive thing can we do today is it a podcast is it is it a new relationship is it is it helping out somebody that'll help me out in in future is it like coaching one of the team or is it me like is it me winning something that that can affect things you know so that I try and stay away from
0: yeah um, focus on things that make a difference
1: yeah focus on things that we can affect because yeah. reput- industry reputation and getting into all of that stuff, what odds. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Tell me about your podcast then. It, it, it's, uh, I've listened to a few, watched a few. Um, you've had some great guests on. Uh, Do you know what? Can I've you- got a
1: great guest on in 15 minutes' time. Okay. His name is Joe Mullings. He's been on a few times. Um, and you should get him on yours. Okay. He is. So he's somebody that I could never be. Right. He, I, he, you go into his office, right? So his business makes millions, but every deal kind of goes through him in some way or another. And he's just the focal point of it and he's just incredible. And he's got, uh, I would, I would always joke, like our wreck-to-wreck business is is the Ryanair to his Concorde. Like he, uh, (laughs) he flies around America in his private jet and, goes to these conferences and has like seven guys like following him with cameras and um, he's figured out how to systemize and process all of that to win all the business to then have a really good engine to deliver it So he's, uh, he's a really interesting guest and I learn something every time I, I bring him on um, I, the pop I've been running a podcast for a couple of years now, and I kind of when I'm into something. I get a bit obsessed. So I'll go down a bit of a rabbit hole. So recently it's been private equity and how to buy and sell a recruitment company. And like, like, where does the broker fit in? Where does the finance fit in? Like, who's the buyers? Who's the sellers? What's that process look like? And, and all of that. So I've kind of done that. now. I'm like, right. What's, what's the next? It might be rec tech. It might, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, the podcast has had 135,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is great, you know, and it's uh. I thought to myself when I set it up, I'll get loads of candidates for this. Twenty-five-year-old men don't want to listen to me, so. Uh, <laughs> and, and sorry, that 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 is, maybe twenty-five-year-old women don't either. But uh, <laughs> my my typical listener, is, uh, thirty to fifty-five, probably maybe sixty, and, um, men, who are just about to set up or are, are running large recruitment businesses yeah. and they're interested in what everybody else is doing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but the fun thing about the podcast is I think being a rec director at the bottom of the, the supply chain in, in many ways. And let me tell you, COVID felt like that hmm. getting bills paid and all of that. But what it does is it puts you on a different, a different level with, with them from then on, because you've spent an hour getting to know them um, they see you maybe a bit more uh, differently rather than that person who's just flicking resume or their, their team are. So you're yeah. not selling them something you're offering them something that you're having a joint experience. And it's really tra- trans uh, it's really changed the way like I think about business. And I think that it's led me to the next thing that we're doing, which is the lockdown leadership network. And yeah, Tell me more about that. So I've set that up with Andy Hallett, who came in as our strategic advisor. And we were in a couple and like we were in a couple of WhatsApp recruitment group WhatsApp groups and the the chat in it wasn't what I wanted. I and I thought, I've got a great network. Like I why don't I just grab all, all the people from my network into and put them in a WhatsApp group? Like so I did that and then Andy went, I know bigger people than you. And he mm-hmm. started putting all these guys in. And then I was like, God, they're two different demographics. So then we started, then we had two WhatsApp groups and then we had three and then we had a supplier WhatsApp group. So before we knew it, we had a, we had a, a leadership network and we're working out. We have our first event happening in Sydney, which organically happened. They're like, we want something Australian based. Like, okay, great. We'll, we'll facilitate that. Oh, who, who, who wants to pay for it? Right. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Uh, Referee and Ben Cherry, and they're, they're going to do that. And uh, and they, all of a sudden, we have an events leadership network where they're all sharing information and all the rest. And one of the things I learned by studying the other networks, who charge the members, um, is that there isn't a big enough barrier to entry. So you could have somebody like who's, scale the business and they could be in the same group as a one-man band and for me there's three clear like you have your your one-man band your future leaders you have your md country manager person who's in charge of up to 50 people then you've got people who are looking to sell their business who are further away from the tools or they're actually getting close to that and they want access to the m a world they want access to things that are slightly different they want to know what the other big top tier guys are doing. Yeah. So, so I've been studying what the different conversations are and there, there's clear there, there's clear like differences and that's fascinating. And I think like the future, like I always said media was the, the future of recruitment, but I think community is the next stage of that. Yeah. And, and look, not a coincidence that we know I have a, a London Rec Direct business that encompasses the best technology and STEM recruitment firms in London within a few months and it's down to this as much yeah. as anything else because i didn't like go in there and go oh hey can we work with you like it like they just knew us from that and then they're like okay well he's not going to send me a bad candidate and then they look yeah. at me oh that's all right okay
0: yeah that's fine we'll, we'll just get the t's squ- t's C squared away and yeah so it's 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 worked out yeah and I, I imagine when when the lockdown finally gets lifted properly getting those people together adds another layer to it actually being able to have those people in a room and you know, physically network as well as WhatsApp network is—is is that all part of the plan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and like Charlotte will be running that event side. Like, like Charlotte's the engine room of our business, and I, I just have to be careful not to throw too much at her, and um, and that's that's a delicate process. So um, she's already arranged the first event in Sydney. So there's uh, going to be, uh, I think there's like fifteen leaders from. Uh, from Sydney, you're going to meet up in a fancy hotel and have to chat with a Yeah. 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 But I like the idea of this uh, six people meet up. I think that could be really valuable and I think that could be a theme. Like, Did you see the the, the rule that came in from the government? That could be a theme that we could run on. But it's uh, like Andy's doing all the commercials on this and then I'm kind of just building the community and and working on that piece and Andy might end up doing some non-executive work with them as well and We'll just see where we go. I mean, I'm, I'm conscious, TRN have that training and development stuff all wrapped up. And I don't think there's room for any of that. I think they, like they can have that. Um, but I think the rest is all, all out there all out there to go for. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think a smaller group of people in a room with like-minded intentions and problems, mm. uh, there's value in that. And you're more likely to get a solution if you can talk to three people who are in the same boat and there's two people over the other side of the table that can help you.
1: Yeah.
0: One of my observations about the recruitment industry is there's a com- competition, of course, but actually all the problems are pretty similar. And helping each other out is something that there's a lot of preparedness for. You know, it's, if I can help you improve, then you'll help me somewhere down the line. And that I think that cutthroat image that I think people have, if you spend a little bit of time inside the industry, it's not really there.
1: No, it's not there at all. And it's not there at all. Because so part of what I've been studying on this is not just one-man bands, enterprise, and, and the medium players. It's also the, the, it's also the, the supplier network. Um, and that is a very collaborative unit. And if you go to any of the expos or anything, they all know each other. They're all having beers. Yeah. Like they're competitors, but um, they're all like... So we've been studying where the gap is for them from a, a leadership network as well. Yeah, and it's really it's really interesting. So, um, yeah, we've got big plans for that. And then I suppose the other side to our business is I've launched a I've launched a recruitment business in Ireland. Okay, and that's called Scale International. We'll probably like open up the UK as well. Um, and right now, I've hired two two experience, experienced hires from Dublin's biggest recruitment agency. And uh, and then we're supplementing there that with winning some major accounts in the uk and america that they're servicing at the moment Um so it's all go on that and uh our leader siobhan's going to be uh launching her own podcast very soon and what my aim for for that is that she's act because this is a micro niche industry or our world of agency recruitment she's in the generalist field so um there's a bigger audience to go after and there's bigger topics to go after. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to bring all the stuff that we've learned into a higher yield, bigger marketplace. Really.
0: Yeah. 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 And so, I, I mean, I don't think you've got that much spare time. You've got that much going on, but outside of work, like you said, lifestyle business is work, but you're moving away from that. Mm-hmm. What, what do you do when you're not on business? What's your nah. hobbies, likes, what do you do?
1: Do I get off my phone? No. <laughs> Am I messing and playing on WhatsApp a lot? Uh, yes. Um, I go for a run in the morning. Um, trying to do that at the moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a good space with that at the moment. I have to admit, sometimes I get into my fat drinking phase. and that's
0: yeah. I've been in one uh, of those for about 12 years now.
1: Yeah, yeah. but Right now, I'm, I'm running every morning. I'm in a good place with that. Um, I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu again. Doing part of that, um, trying to learn how to play golf. Lesson okay. tomorrow, um, and yeah, normally I'd uh, I'd get to Brussels or Dublin for a piss up once a once every quarter. Um, get into London a wee bit. Um, two small children yeah. taking up a lot of my time, um, but yeah, we're, we're we're pretty we're pretty active and and all and all stuff, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, good stuff. All right, well i conscious you said you've got to, got to run off and uh, you've got a, a podcast of your own to, to record. So uh, I, I'll, I'll let you go and prep for that. But I really appreciate you taking some time out today. Um, such an interesting story. I, I suspect this one will be a popular one and I'll be asking you back for, uh, for round two.
1: Yeah, uh, look, I'm happy to flesh out any of the things we've talked about. Uh, yeah. I appreciate like, it's hard to cover.
0: Everything in half an hour. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Maybe next time we'll just pick a topic and we'll just do half an hour on <laughs> one thing. Yeah,
1: whatever you want. All right. Um, but Take I really
0: care. appreciate it. Take it easy.